The movie industry would be saved if Will Smith and Tom Cruise went head to head every summer, every other summer. They're getting older every other summer. Like Will still has like, he still has pecs and a six pack. So I'm just like, come on, like get in the fucking Tom game. Tom Cruise trying to go get to space right now. Step yeah. it up. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, what like he was try- walking on the plane. He's 65 years old. <laughs> get it together. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Brittany. And this is For Colored Nerds. The weekly show where we peel back the layers of Black culture that we rarely discuss in mixed company. In this penultimate episode of For Colored Nerds, we're talking about one of the most beloved, bankable, and now controversial Black movie stars of all time, Will Smith. But this isn't just about the slap or the entanglement era. It's about Will's entire relationship to celebrity. How his career, desires, and personal branding implicates more about the idea of celebrity as a whole than we previously thought. And helping us through this discussion is my colleague and host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, Aisha Harris. Aisha is a film buff and former Will Smith stan, so she had a lot to say about what may have brought Will to this point. And look, watch out. This episode gets a little spicy, lovingly though. You know, so if you are a Will Smith truther, you might want to watch out. But you want to hear the smoke? Stay tuned for more right after this quick break. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome, right, welcome. Aisha. Welcome to For Colored Nerds. Hey, it's so great to be here. Thank you. Now we're going to do something a little different. In honor of your first time on the show, we'd like to play something for you. <laughs> Maybe prepare yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Any of that feel familiar to you? Oh, God, I, you know, I thought I had cast it away into the recesses of my mind and had completely forgotten. No, obviously, that is Will Smith going on stage in the middle of the Oscars earlier this year and slapping Chris Rock for making a joke about his wife, Jada Pickett Smith. Whew, what a what a wild moment. times, wild times. <laughs> it was so wild that like my father, who I like, I don't I was surprised he was watching the Oscars. I don't know why he was watching the Oscars, but he texted me and my sister like maybe 10 minutes after it happened. He's like, 
what just happened? Like, <laughs> Will Smith, I was like, dad, how, what? And so this, like, this reached oh far beyond just the, the, the normal people who watch the Oscars. This was the slap heard around the yes. world. My goodness. And shockingly, even more than, like, the entanglement era, the slap was, like, <laughs> the moment many people realized that something might be a little off with Will Smith, the actor, the brand, the star. But we think if you've been kind of like watching, you know, the films, the interviews, how Will engages with fans, like the Will Smith family machine, just like it hasn't quite been hitting for a while. Mm, No, I mean, those people who were surprised obviously hadn't been paying attention. And, you know, (laughs) a lot of people don't have (laughs) they have lives. So like, (laughs) why would they be? (laughs) But as someone who has been following Will Smith since I was a child from Fresh Prince on, he was one of my early childhood crushes. I stand for him for a while. Obviously, it was shocking, but I can't say that after the fact, after letting it sort of marinate for 24 hours or so, it was like, oh, (laughs) I get it. It, This didn't just happen in a vacuum. There were building blocks. Brittany and I have been talking and like, we really feel like the slap and where Will Smith is right now actually indicates a broader shift in how we think about and interact with the idea of celebrity. I know that's like a big (laughs) ass statement. (laughs) And I promise we at some point we're going to come back and try to justify that. But first, it just feels like we got to dig into how unique an actor Will Smith is. Aisha, you have talked about the Will Smith slap on Pop Culture Happy Hour. (laughs) I imagine he's popped up many times in your thoughts. Before the drama of the slap, in this moment, like what were your thoughts on Will Smith, the movie star? What was the context for him right now? Well, you have to go all the way back to before he was even a movie star. So obviously when he first came to sort of mainstream prominence, he was... Will Smith, The Fresh Prince, and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Parents just don't understand. Mm. You know, parents are the same no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Won the first uh, Grammy for Best Rap Song, which people had feelings about then and people probably still have feelings about now. Fresh Prince put him in a completely different stratosphere. That show was Built around him, built around his personality, he was the star. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. And after a few years of being on Fresh Prince, he was like, okay, I want to make the leap into movies and become a big star. And it's really shocking to think about that trajectory because he made it so clear what his formula was and what he was thinking about and that there was a formula. The way we think about movie stars, often we think about it in sort of, it's based off of just charisma, um, off of personality, and also picking the right roles. But it's about more than that. And it was about more than that for Will Smith. He was like, look, I looked at all the films that had been successful and the types of films I wanted to make. They were often sci-fi, thriller. They had some element of maybe a hint of romance. There were aliens. There were different creatures involved. And so he set out to do that. And then you have something like Independence Mm. Day, which in 1996, like that was an ensemble piece, but he was clearly the star. Like the (laughs) welcome to earth scene. (laughs) When 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 he punches that alien, Ah. 
Welcome to Earth. Talk about a coming out moment. And then on top of that, you have him playing cops and various law enforcement mm-hmm. characters and something like Bad Boys. And when I think of Will Smith becoming, I also think of him running shirtless yeah. in Bad Boys in slow motion. Like that to me, and for, well, it was also kind of a sexual awakening for me, but like um, <laughs> it was also it was also a moment where he was no longer this lanky sort of goofy guy. Like he was sexy and he was an action right. star. Somewhere along the lines between then and now, he kind of lost that thread as a movie star. I'm sure we'll get into this, but like He's made some very baffling choices, both personally and professionally, that have sort of derailed that era for him. At the same time, we don't make movie stars like him anymore. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's, mm. So that whole landscape has changed as well. You're absolutely right. We don't make movie stars like Will Smith anymore. Like he was, and he still is, a crowd favorite. But his star power and ability to get people in seats was waning even before the slap. You mentioned his baffling choices that he's made in films. I think that's absolutely right. Baffling is kind. You know, I mean, we, we could blame Concussion. it. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> Collateral beauty, anyone? Oh, yeah, goodness. Yeah. I mean, we could blame his kind of slow, long decline as far as like box office and his star power. We could blame it on the superhero boom or on streaming wars, but like Will Smith's contemporaries are in the midst of huge resurgences. Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves specifically are the face of huge, critically acclaimed franchises. Top Gun, Mission Impossible, John Wick, The Matrix. Let me tell you, I don't even really like action movies like that. I really don't. I really don't. I was almost moved to the point of tears when I saw Top Gun. Top (laughs) Gun got me. But like, these are huge, huge movies, right? And also, these two stars, like Keanu and Tom Cruise, are also doing critically acclaimed, real actorly kind of things, real actorly projects. Even though Will has the Oscar, the charisma, the talent, that's not happening for him. So Aisha, we want to ask you, what do you think Will's contemporaries have figured out that he hasn't? Okay, so I can think of a couple of moments where Will Smith kind of went, I don't want to say wrong, but where you could kind of see. Left? Yeah, sure, left. <laughs> <laughs> His ambitions were not quite gelling, I think, with the works that he was doing. So, one moment I think, honestly, is Ali. And while that mm. performance, it's really great, Genuinely. he's really good at it. And that was his yeah. first Oscar nominated performance. Mm-hmm. That also marked the moment where he's like, okay, I'm, I've already established myself as a comedian, I've established myself as an action hero. Mm-hmm. Now I want to be a serious actor. And if you go back and like rewatch his episode on the Oprah Winfrey show, with him and Jada where they're talking about Ali and he's just he's using all the right language for the Oscar voters saying how much he bulked up in the gym and how many hours he spent and how he like even Ali himself approved of this because I I was so nervous I started I started training probably 14 months before before uh, Before principal photography Uh about 14 months so I just I I I was in Miami and I crept into a gym before I actually signed for the picture I just wanted to kind of see what it was like so Uh you know I'm trying to hit the speed bag and trying to jump rope. Um, I I had a serious Urkel thing going. That was the moment where he's like, okay, I am going to be an actor. And for a little while, he would balance the ambitions of wanting to be an actor, like Pursuit of Happiness, another Oscar-nominated role, with like iRobot, I Am Legend. 
he was balancing the things. But then after a time, he starts to get into collateral beauty and these very self-serious seven pounds, which is just the most ridiculous. Concussion, yes. He, yeah, where he's he's <laughs> often like sacrificing his own life, whatever, you know. He just gets into self-serious mode to the point where it, can, it, it becomes yes. borderline parody of himself and his ambitions. That's one thing. The other thing I think is his ambitions for his children. <laughs> and we all know the mm. story of Willow Smith, who now is thriving, doing her own thing with mm-hmm. music. Like, I love her. Whip my hair, still slaps. That was a good song. Love still it. Goes. Love still it. Still goes. <laughs> so good. But it's been said that he was very stage daddy about this and was trying to force mm. her to go on tour. And she's like, Daddy, I'm nine. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, And on top of that, he starts making and producing movies like The Karate Kid with Jaden and also After Earth, which I also like to call After Birth because it's just so terrible and just like (laughs) was was so unpleasant to watch (laughs) where he he's basically trying to pass the baton onto Jaden saying like, I'm going to be completely still in this spaceship and you're going to be doing everything while I tell you what to do. Was I supposed to just come out and die? What do you think, Cadet? What do you think you should have done? Because really that is all that matters. What do you think you should have done? And why were you? She called out for you, she called your name, and you weren't there because you're never there. And you think I'm a coward? It was too on the nose of like what clearly he had in mind for his son. So I think his desire to do those things kind of made him lose sight of what made us love him. Mm. And I think that when you talk about something like Keanu and Tom Cruise, they're both for the most part staying in the action lane. They're not really doing too many dramas. Like most of the movies that Tom Cruise has made in the last few years have been, or even the last 20 years includes like War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow. And then he also has yeah. that old standby, Mission Impossible. And those movies arguably keep getting better in some ways. Whereas yeah. Will Smith, he has what, Men in Black, which... I don't know. He's not even in that franchise. Yeah, yeah, he's not in that franchise anymore. And the third one, which came out like a decade or so ago, was not good. What's the other franchise he has? He has Bad Boys. And even that Mm. problem with that franchise is that we're now we're reevaluating how we feel about police officers and glorifying police officers, and especially doing so when it involves black police officers. So Mm. I think it's like he's not hitting all the trends. He's not anticipating all the trends and he's not able to sort of understand how things work. Look, when we first conceived of this conversation, Will Smith hadn't come out with his slavery movie. We must get to Bingo's army five days through this swamp. There are many ways to die in a swamp. There are many ways to die here. Emancipation. So I was talking to my husband about this this morning. (laughs) And we landed in a place where we were like, it feels like Will Smith is putting out his slavery movie late. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I want to know, what what are y'all's reactions to, to the whole emancipation rollout thing that's happening now. Look, I don't know how all the production rollouts, what the timelines were, but it feels like that was the backup in case the Serena movie didn't pan out for him Oscar-wise. Mm. Like, if that ding, doesn't ding, work, ding. then ding, let ding, me ding. give you some slavery. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I do think it's too late. I think I think it's... it's, it's the, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's too... Is it late? Because if he had done it earlier, 
was his acting up to par at that point to take on something this serious? I don't think so. Not th- and I'm not saying he's necessarily up to par now to tackle this subject matter either. I really thought that <laughs> the Serena movie, he was trying something and I was like, good for you, but it's not working for me. <laughs> so to, to think that he's going to play this real life figure who has kind of become an iconic symbol of the ugliness of slavery. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting some birth of a nation vibes from it. And that's not a good mm-hmm. thing. And by birth of a nation, I mean, mm. Nate Park was like called by Jesus personally <laughs> yes. to save black people. Yes. Through oh, making gosh, the film Birth of a yeah, Nation. Yes. Oh man. I'm that getting film, those vibes. And mm. just just in terms of just like how over like how we're gonna overstate this is like this is a very powerful piece of film, blah, blah, blah. My my verdict yeah. is it's late and I I'm not looking forward to having to watch that. <laughs> I just the thing about it is like I don't I feel like Will I just Will I want you to just let me get lost in one story. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like so much of mm. His projects are about like why he needed to make the project, like why he needed to come to Serena and Venus to talk, you know, to to play King Richard. Like he needs to be this symbol. He needs to be the thing. And like something about it just doesn't feel genuine. And I don't like doubting people like that. You know what I'm saying? Because like I, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I actually think Will Smith for the most part, you know, probably has a, a decent amount of integrity. And like you know, I, I don't think of Will as like just like a craven capitalist although he seems like he means well yeah but he's a tryhard he's a total tryhard yes and that like that desperation to be the symbol it doesn't connect with an earnest desire to illustrate anything different about slavery or about like what that Mm. experience might have been like it feels like i am a person who can command a picture this big on this scale and I'm the only person who could be like, I'm going to play this enslaved person from this picture that we all know. He can do that. So he is. And like, I wish I didn't have that point. My, my hope is that I'm wrong. But like so much about what Will gives us makes me feel that I might not be. And that's what's kind of weird about it. I'll probably rent it. <laughs> I won't even lie. I probably well, it's a cur- it's a curiosity, right? It's like, okay, what's he gonna do with yeah, this? Like right. that to me is the yeah. that's more of the draw is like just like, mm, what like what are we mm-hmm. gonna get here? Because we do we know? I don't know if we know. I actually think Will came at like the perfect wrong time in Hollywood, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Like, so I feel like before Will Smith's kind of era, you had very different huge black stars, like huge black Mm -hmm. actors. So, you know, obviously you got Denzel, you think about like Sidney Poitier, just if you're looking at that kind of like leading man, black classic image, they were all really, really well known for like acting chops. It was like, you know, these are Mm. actors. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Will, he saw that and he was like, okay, well, I need to go bigger and I can't go bigger because it's like the first moment really where they like they let black folks lead franchises, action franchises and things like well, that. Well, they were letting Will Smith lead but, action <laughs> franchises. Correct. Correct. They cracked the door. And then for eventually him. Denzel, but, but yeah, mostly yeah, it's just true. Will Smith. <laughs> Something about that, like that transition, he almost got lost in to a degree. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like even action movies and like sci-fi movies now, mm-hmm. they're a lot more tongue in cheek. They're a lot more fun. I feel like the fun in Will Smith's like big action picks has only really come, or he tried to have it happen in like Hancock. Right. And mm. it did not mm-hmm. work. 
Call me a jackass. One more time. Jackass. How about you, Thickness? Goggles? Hancock, son of a gun. I knew you'd come. <laughs> Stop crying, punk ass. Not okay. So much of the kind of the things that make these genre films work has shifted around. Yeah. Will. A lot of times his movies just feel almost in a different time. Like, even if you think about mm. superhero stuff, like Suicide Squad is the weirdest <laughs> superhero I movie. I could not finish that movie. Oh, <laughs> it's so sh- bizarre. Yeah. I am curious as to how he thinks about what is most important to those audiences and him wanting to be the avatar for something like that. I mean, if he had come a little later, he would have learned some of those lessons and he probably could have, like, hopefully avoided some of those pitfalls. Mm. You know, I want to ask you, have you ever become aware of the fact that up until the last, like, five years, Will Smith had never worked with a Black director? Now, Mm. I I thought (laughs) about that, and I also thought about the fact that not really movies where he he starred, did he really ever have a Black love interest who was also, like, in some sort of starring role? Yeah, who wasn't just, like, the wife. Yes, exactly. Who wasn't just the wife or, like, the friend. (laughs) Exactly. It makes me think about, like, why I think he's kind of missed this moment. When Will came out, he understood the power of the box office. And I think he's spoken about it before on other TV shows and talk shows and things like that. But it's something that comes up in his memoir, Will, which... We'll get to this later. But he and his manager, James Lasseter, they came up with this formula for sort of like the things that he needed to do to win big at the box office. And he did those things. He was in shape. He was funny. He was sexy. And he was like kicking ass. And he never played the bad guy. And all and those things worked for him. And, and as a Black man I, who was the first of his kind, that required a lot of censoring of his own interests. And the thing is, though, is I think in censoring himself so much, he did not develop the thing that someone like a Denzel has, which is a gut. So I don't mean gut as in like bravery. Although, I mean, you could say that. I think, I think Denzel's made a lot of brave choices and the roles that he's tried to take on and the challenges he's put himself up against. But more so like Will Smith almost like completely neutered his instincts. I think his artistic instincts, like following things that he would think were interesting. That censoring also keeps you from Black directors because Black directors typically did not win big at the box office. And Black actresses, right. mm-hmm. which people treat Black actresses like box office poison or invisible. <laughs> and so, you know, that didn't yeah. fit into the formula. And I think that's part of that. Now, kind of going back to our central thesis, there's like a new way of celebrity, which involves a lot of cross collaboration with your Black peers in Hollywood. And Will is yeah. out of the loop. I think he's kind of put himself in this position where he trying to navigate this world that he doesn't understand anymore, kind of to your point, Eric, and he's kind of messed up. The other thing I'll say about Will Smith is I don't, I think he and Denzel are very different types of stars that both have a lot of value, but Denzel is an actor. Going back to what you were saying, Eric, Denzel is to me, probably the greatest movie star to ever live. The older I get and the more I really think about his catalog, I believe that is absolutely true. I mean, you go back and you watch The Fresh Prince or you watch Six Degrees of Separation or even like Made in America <laughs> or, you know what I mean? <laughs> Made in America. <laughs> like he he has yeah. something special. He has the talent. But yeah. I have been saying for a couple months now, if Will Smith would let me be his manager, I would take him straight back to the top. 
back to the <laughs> fucking top. He would, we would be oh richer God. than rich because this is my thing. I wrote this down. Okay, it's on a post-it note so y'all can see. Yes, I want I, I want this blueprint. I want Britney's blueprint. <laughs> Literally. So what Will Smith did where he got fucked up, right, is that he straddling sort of the dramatic passion projects along with the crowd-pleasing action movies. What he did instead is he totally went left and he decided, I want an Oscar so bad. Blind. <laughs> blindly just wanting an Oscar. He was the Anne Hathaway of black people. (laughs) Yes. Like, he's trying hard. So he won an Oscar so bad that he kind of like decided, he's like, you know what? It's not happening for me. Let me go all in on these drama movies. Mm -hmm. And literally any Disney star, any stage actor, anybody who's trying to break into like more serious roles from soap operas or some shit like that, what you do is... You lead in an action movie, if you're Will Smith, you lead in an action movie and you do ensemble roles Mm -hmm. in drama films. And Suicide Squad is an interesting inflection point for me with Will Smith. Because I remember seeing him in that trailer and being like, baby, why are you staying in the background? Yeah, it's it's weird for him. Why are you back there? So was that like a a pep talk? Yeah, that was pep talk. Grab what you need for a fight. We're wheels up in 10. You might want to work on your team motivation thing. You heard of Phil Jackson? Yeah. He's like the gold standard, okay? Triangle, bitch. He did ensemble action and leading drama. He had not yet built up, I think, the kinds of dramatic muscles, the kind of instincts with choosing projects, working with certain directors, making choices that would add up to a serious catalog of roles. He didn't develop those senses. He just just was like, you know what? I'm not getting this Oscar. Let me make one nonsensical drama every nine months for the next decade. I'm going to show everybody. And he ended up kind of shooting himself in the foot. And like, I feel like he got that Oscar this year by sheer force of, this is not a pun, but by sheer force of will. And I think that's why Beyonce had the song for King Richard. I think that he was playing yeah. somebody. He, that's why he he decided to play Serena Williams' father because Serena's such a huge celebrity. You can leverage the Williams sisters, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To be able to get this story made and to be able to get it in front of people's faces. And also, I think a big part of that project of getting Will to the Oscars was his memoir, Will. That synergy was, it was, it was popping. That it was popping. Ooh. I didn't even connect all those dots. Penguin Random House Audio presents Will by Will Smith with Mark Manson. This is the author, y'all. This man had, he had a notion board so strong. <laughs> he had, he had flow charts going from 2018 to accomplish this shit. Okay. He really the did. The vision board was so, vision. Okay. <laughs> the vision board was a yes, vision ming yes. hard. I feel like that actually has to do with another thing I want to kind of come back to that you brought up, Aisha. Like, Will is not just an actor. Will is a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And so much about his celebrity and his brand is everything that's around him. His Instagram, uh, the other projects he might be producing or popping in on. His YouTube channel. His kids, (laughs) his YouTube channel. I'm curious, like, how much do you feel like Will Smith's celebrity has to do with his struggles in film? Oh, man. Like, 
All, yeah. I mean, all of it. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 well, not all of it, but you know, I, I do think so. We haven't really talked about the Jada of it all, but I think that, oh. you know, when you think about them as a, like for so many years, for decades, their relationship has been hashtag relationship goals for certain people, especially mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. black people. This mm-hmm. is ho- Hollywood royalty. They've lasted however long they have. And it's rare to see that. And they had this sort of aura to them that I think was like not just his persona as a movie star, but also the fact that his personal life, he seemed to have everything or everything that you would want as, you know, black love, like all the, you know, all those hashtags <laughs> that yeah. people love to, to, to hold up and exalt. So when you think about how that kind of cracked with the whole entanglement with August Alsina and the Ooh. fact that, look, I don't know their life, but I feel as though they would have been better off if they just admitted that they're open because part of mm. it is also about a lot of people coming for him and his masculinity and saying like, oh, so mm. you let your your wife mm. hook up with this other guy and you were okay with it. And believe me, I don't buy into any of that crap. Like whatever they do is what yeah. they want to do. If he was okay with it or if they came to terms with it, totally that's their business. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, open relationships, might they need some representation. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel as though, you know, Look, Ozzy Davis and Ruby D were said to have had mm-hmm. open relationships at various points in their decades-long relationships, and we loved them, and they were, mm-hmm. you know, respected and uh, appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on, Will and Jada, you know, maybe you should just come out as open. Right. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> and, and, like, Willow's open. Okay, I she's guess. like, I'm in a polyamorous yeah. relationship. I'm like, do it. Nobody yeah. cares. Willow and Jaden are like, the the they are Gen Z. They are totally the opposite. Where they are much more just. We are the hippie children. We are Cree summer yes. in a different world. We are those people. If Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, if they are in an open relationship or if they are in any way not the sort of clean cut, straightforward people that they presented themselves as, I think it would have been it would be to their benefit to sort of embrace that mm. because also yeah. younger generations are totally cool with that. And I think that this doesn't necessarily play in directly into the roles he's choosing, but I do think that when you go to a Will Smith movie, regardless of what he's playing, who he's playing, you know you're watching Will Smith. Like, I never forget I'm watching yes. Will Smith. Like, even no. during Ali, no. which which is a transformative and a great performance, I still always knew I was watching Will Smith. I think that that absolutely plays a role into how we've been receiving him over the last 5, 10, 15 years. You bring up a good point, too, also just about kind of the more patriarchal response Mm -hmm. to kind of Will. And I could see where that actually might have a disproportionate impact on someone like him because of the roles he tries Mm -hmm. to take. You know, he really, in especially in his action, his biggest films, he really plays this like very prototypical, almost like they hint at ladies, man. Sometimes he's a ladies, (laughs) man, but they're at least hinting at it. Mm -hmm. Like in his rap career, like all of this is such a kind of like, traditional and even safe version of like heteronormativity. So to have like us to see that, you know, and of all the people, you know, August Alsina is your third. (laughs) Like it's just a, it's a pretty fascinating, you know, (laughs) shake up for that image. And I can see where like a lot of people might be like, I don't know, this is weird. And it, it hurts the ability to forget on the screen. Yeah. 
Like, mm. we see him all the time. I know I'm going to see him after I leave the theater. I'm probably going to open it up. And That's his Instagram is probably going to get served to me yeah. I feel like he is everywhere but on the screen. Again, Will Smith, if you ever hear this, <laughs> I'm telling you, you and Tom Cruise, you and Tom Cruise, and you, both of y'all came out with action movies every summer, and you had us fighting like we were fighting 20 years ago between 50 Cent and <laughs> Kanye West, okay? The movie industry would be saved if Will Smith and Tom Cruise went head-to-head Every summer, every other summer. They're getting older every other summer. Like, Will still has, like, he still has pecs and a six-pack. So I'm just like, come on, like, get in the fucking Tom game. trying to go to get space right now. Step yeah. it up. That's like, what I'm damn. Like, what are you he trying? was walking on the plane. He's 65 years old. Aren't get they, it together. Aren't they friends? Like, can't, like, you know, Scientology brothers or whatever? Like, can't, can't oh Tom gosh, Cruise offer him some advice? Like, Tom Cruise is cutthroat. <laughs> he, trying to, he trying to keep everything for himself. Like, talk to Keanu then. Keanu's wonderful. He's a, he seems yeah. lovely. <laughs> Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. But it feels like, though, like to that point, though, like this accessibility that we have to Will Smith, like it feels like he's like you said, you walk out of the movie theater and he's in your phone. He's still a certain type of star. And even though I, I feel like I have been overexposed to him to a certain degree and I still never forget who he is, I still feel like he brings something special to his performances. And I still get that larger than life feeling when I see him in a role that does suit him. But still, it feels like what's happening with him and being able to even capture the same size of, of, of stardom that he had like back in, like let's say the 90s, early 2000s, it's like indicative of a larger downward trend we've noticed with celebrities as we know them. Or like we think about our biggest black male stars right now, Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors, Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Chadwick, yeah, Chadwick yeah. Boseman. 
Yeah. May he rest. And I have strong feelings about Corey Hawkins. Like, I, he got next. I feel it. For, the thing is, is Corey Hawkins is also, he's a stage actor. So he's juggling those worlds. And I would be totally fine if he's happy on the stage, too. But yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but none of those names, even though we know them. And like, these are people that like the internet goes nuts whenever they announce a project. I mean, look, at the time of this recording, Jonathan Majors, all he did was pawn a pair of swim trunks the other day. Mm, those swim trunks. Lie. <laughs> 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 and we all lost it. But still, none of those stars feel as big as Will was. It just feels like we don't have movie stars or pop stars or celebrities in general as we once did. Like, are you seeing that too, Aisha? Absolutely. I mean, I think the, this goes back to, again, the superheroification and franchiseification of all of this, which is that now when we think of those movie stars and even anyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're stars, yes, but the franchise is not built around them. They are built into the franchise. Like, no matter how mm, charismatic yeah. or winsome or how powerful or great they are, acting to serve this like greater <laughs> IP, <laughs> great, greater <laughs> capitalistic <laughs> venture. And not that obviously, you know, Independence Day, like all those movies are were obviously capitalist adventures as well. Like that hasn't changed. But it does feel as though you could put anyone in the Iron Man role. Like now they're yes. doing it. They're about to, they're they're about about to flip, to flip it over. over. <laughs> like you can you can put anyone in the in the Black Widow role. Anyone could play Ant Man like and I love yeah. all those actors. Uh, well, Scarlett Johansson. Mm. But uh, I, I love all those actors. But like, they're, it's not as though they're doing the best work of their careers in those films. And you could argue someone mm. like Tom Cruise and even Keanu Reeves and Will Smith have done the best work of their careers in those action movies that were built, tailored, made for them in a way mm. That these movies can't be, whether regardless of whether they were the first person to be cast or they wanted to cast or not, you can still kind of sense their personality within those movies that you don't get from a Marvel movie or a DC movie. That's a, such a good point, because even with Tom Cruise in particular, like if you think about a movie like Top Gun 2, mm -hmm. Top Gun 2, I'm not gonna lie, I was getting misty in there. <laughs> it had been a long ass time since I saw the OG yeah, Top same. Gun. And I was like, damn, I miss Goose too. <laughs> like, what oh, is man, going that, on? That like, scene with Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, that was some great, wow. like, come great on. I didn't even, I didn't even know who he was. I never even saw the first movie, so I didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> and I was in there like, oh, my gosh. I, my, it took my breath away. Nobody can be Maverick but Tom Cruise. Mm. Nobody can be Maverick but Tom Cruise. And it requires a certain level of star power almost to pull the franchise to you in that mm -hmm. way. I feel like now, like as you mentioned, with all this IP, they're so big that even some of our biggest stars don't have that power. In addition to that, while well, I feel like celebrity is kind of like broken or kind of weird, and it's actually also about how stars engage with the media. So we were just talking about like feeling kind of oversaturated by, by Will, but like Will is not the only one. Like it feels like almost... To be a certain level of popular now, you have to have a YouTube and a mm -hmm, TikTok mm -hmm. and be making reels. Like, you know, Will especially being a good example of that. Like, I'm surprised he's not out there doing the Cuffit Challenge. Like, if, you know, like, come on. It's par for the I course. I feel like it's, it's a matter of time. It's he, in the vault. He's back on yeah. IG, so, you know. Yeah. But, the, and the flip side of that is like, we get nothing. You know, it's like complete radio silence, like or maybe a, a very kind of managed rollout mm. around a project or a skincare line. <laughs> and so I'm just curious, like for you, celebrities change so much, how we interview, how we talk to them, how we cover them. Like, how do you think we kind of got here? Are, are there, is there anything that like points to like the, 
the change in how like celebrities are engaging us. The well, media. yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that now cover stories are not nearly as cultural touchstones as they used to be. They're not as talked about as they used to be. And when you think about stars, I mean, Beyonce is a great example, who barely give interviews and who really just show up and give you the teeniest little morsel of some sort of insight into (laughs) what they're doing at that moment. I think that the fact that uh, those don't exist anymore, I think that's one reason why we've gotten to this point now where um, in in exchange for that, Beyonce is like an outlier. But in exchange for that, all these other celebrities are just directly into your feed. They're like, they're bypassing mm-hmm. journalism and, and the traditional routes. Like they might do the late night shows, whatever, but like, I don't know who's really watching all of, all of those things uh, these days. Yeah. So now it's like, they're just directly in your feed. And so I'm scrolling through and there's Viola Davis posting memes. And, and they're in there. And right. they're, Yo, she's the like, meme queen. Her entourage. Oh my gosh. Meme queen. And then there's Will Smith (laughs) doing various challenges and then like celebrities wishing each other happy birthday. And I'm like, what is is this? And in the comments too. In the the comments. (laughs) I think to some extent we all think that we, it feels even more like privileged access in a way that like the glossy cover interview doesn't. But at the same time, I feel like we know probably even less about these people, you know? Yes. And then and then on top of that, and Will Smith is not really one of those. He's another way I think he's, at least up to a point, was able to really ascend to the stardom that he was at was because he kind of remains quiet or neutral on political issues. Like, he wasn't, oh, he wasn't yeah. really out there, you know, in the 90s and aughts, like, talking about things that other artists might have been talking about. And granted, a lot of the big movie stars of that time weren't necessarily either. We're in a different time now. But even as things shifted, like Kerry Washington is trying to get people to vote. And like, you don't really see Mm -hmm. Will Smith talking about, you know, police brutality. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. Don't come into my mentions if he has. (laughs) But I don't remember it. And I think that speaks. (laughs) I I think that speaks value. That's my long-winded way of saying that I think that the social mediafication of everything has really both made celebrities seem more accessible while also being even less accessible. Like, this is a very carefully curated, for the most part, carefully curated Instagrams and, and social media pages. But yeah, we're in weird times. Celebrity is in a weird, weird place right now. It's in a dumpster. <laughs> You know, even beyond, though, the fact that celebrity itself has changed, you really touched upon something like it feels gauche more than exciting (laughs) to engage with this increase of information that we're getting from them. We're reaching this really weird point where we're getting all of this sort of like lifestyle brand, honest company, skims type content from people. (laughs) The thing is, though, is that like I think that they think that that's what we want, but I don't want that. Like, I don't actually need to know they're like dirty secrets. Like I, I, I just yeah. want to kind of feel like they're participating in their own promotion or participating in their own brand building in a way that doesn't feel so naked. Like I think about this recent interview that I read in the New York Times with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. This was maybe like a month, month and a half ago. And it was pr- to promote their new film, Ticket to Paradise. But they also spoke a little bit about themselves, how their professional relationship has grown, and what their professional relationship has done to bolster this project in particular. I don't really be thinking about George Clooney and Julia Roberts every day. They don't release projects as often. They're kind of, to me, so permanently A-list that they're just sort of like, they just are. But like I, within, I don't know, maybe the first sentence of just reading this interview between the two of them, 
I was so bought into it. I was so sold. And reading it, read the entire thing, and it made me want to see uh, this movie that I, at first I wasn't thinking, oh, I have to run to theaters to see that. And now I'm like ready to buy a ticket. That for me, it's like, I just feel like we're, there's no charm. There's no intrigue. Like, I think we're all aware of the existence of very celebrity-driven, project-based interview podcasts, right? Yes. There's a boomlet of them happening, and they've become mm. like an industry of their own. Celebrities interviewing other celebrities. Ugh, so yeah. boring. <laughs> First of all, the interview magazine already been doing that for a long time. And that I felt like like the point of that was that this never happened. So that's this project that Andrew right. Hall put together, right? Now it's like, I feel like that happens so regularly. Like, I feel like journalists, interviewers can't even get access to some of these people. Like, think about who's been on, say, Meghan Markle's podcast, right? Yeah. No disrespect mm -hmm. to some of the people who produced it because they're old colleagues of ours, lovely people, no shade whatsoever. I imagine that Meghan Markle probably got two hours with Mariah, probably got two hours with Serena. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. I would love yeah. to have seen Whew. somebody with real chops like Soraya Nadia McDonald, like Clover Hope, like you. Yeah. I would love to have seen somebody like that get that kind of time with those people. It feels like we're in this moment where we know more about celebrities than ever, but it doesn't feel intriguing. How have you seen the ability to cover celebrities and their lives evolve? Oh God! Well, <laughs> I feel like the the moment it jumped the shark was when Donald Glover interviewed himself. Uh, oof, yes, Cha, I forgot about that. I blocked. How do you it interview out. yourself terribly? <laughs> so so terribly. Anyway, I, I you know I think that you're you're so right, Brittany. Which is that like it's been a while since my job has required me to interview people and artists like that. But mm -hmm. I remember when I was mm -hmm. when I was doing it regularly on my old show, Represent, and. Getting even 30, 45 minutes Child. was was Ooh. hard to do. And when you're interviewing yeah. someone, especially someone you've never spoken with before, it takes five, 10 minutes usually yes. for them to even warm up and to get into the actual mm. yes. nitty gritty, the juicy stuff, the, the thoughtful things that you hope to come out of that conversation. And so when I think about that, it, mm. it, it makes my blood boil. It makes me very annoyed. And it seems like the people who are able to do it, who aren't celebrities, tend to be at the bigger publications, which like, look, I've worked for those as well. So I, I'm not going to shade that. But I do think that this does lead to just like an echo chamber of celebrities, once again, really being able to micromanage their identities in ways that like ostensibly, again, social media is supposed to make that seem it make it seem less like they're micromanaging or at least more that they're giving you sort of a peek into their lives that you wouldn't normally see. But it's like, I don't to see your giant mansion while I'm sitting in my small townhouse, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> paying rent like and and have lots of student yeah. debt. Like this doesn't make me feel better. Like it just makes me realize, you know, how unequal this world is and well, like I kind of miss that sort of mystery I don't like the fact that like social media is sort of makes it seem as though they're not as mysterious as they are I think to your point about George Clooney and Julia Roberts like that's part of what's so still like charming and alluring about them is that they pop up and it's meaningful because they're not there all the time and they yeah. 
They go away. They they go away. (laughs) And then when they do come out, it's not like they are, I mean, granted, George Clooney does have an entire (laughs) tequila, you know, industry line. Apparatus. You know, but like he and Julie Roberts give us old school glamour. Like, and by old school glamour, I mean 90s glamour, Mm -hmm. which is not the same as, you know, older, older school. But it is, we're we're in that sort of nostalgia phase now where where they seem like the ideal. They seem like Mm -hmm. a throwback to the old way things used to be. And Will Smith or, you know, Will Smith is not that. He's kind of, even though he's now in his 50s, he's kind of like, well, let me try this young person stuff and yeah. and, and, and and get people excited about what I'm doing on TikTok. Uh. The other piece of that that I would add, like, there's the thing it feels like we're trying to say is, like, there were slips almost. Like, I was most interested in the things we learned about celebrities almost through, like, the, the accident, the slip. Mm. I think about like uh, one of my favorite moments, uh, and I know this will annoy the hell out of them. They had to actually ask them to stop, was actually during oh, the yeah. uh, Stars Born uh, <laughs> resurgence, where it was just like there was so much fucking charisma <sighs> between ba- Bradley Cooper <laughs> right. and Lady Gaga that it was like, wait, yeah. wait. <laughs> and you know, it wasn't like, we didn't really, we didn't get any sort of, even after they, they were like, folks, stop. <laughs> you know, they were like, please. Like, we are with other people. We didn't find out, like, they didn't put out a 10-minute video right. with each one. Like, here's, take me inside your home. Like, this is our relationship, so you'll leave it alone. It was just like, so much of it was subtext. Mm. And the subtext, that shit is rich. Yeah. Like, man. Celebrities deal in subtext. It's okay. <laughs> you know, we, we threw out some names and all those still feel mostly connected to kind of like a slightly older version of like celebrity. I'm curious, is there anybody from like this generation that's like kind of rising now that we feel like is actually doing celebrity right from like top to bottom? Black folks, of course. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, because hey, Jennifer Lawrence seems to be doing okay. Like, okay, right. black people. Um, people, we need to give Lupita more roles to do mm-hmm. to begin with. But Agreed. I do feel like Lupita Agreed. Agreed. has really kind of figured out how to cultivate both a social media presence, but one that doesn't feel overbearing. And she just seems to me... Like she can do no wrong, and she like we don't know anything about her personal life really. We don't know if she's dating anyone. I know a lot of us were hoping her and Michael B. Jordan were were doing you know <laughs> doing stuff, but <laughs> doesn't seem like that bore out. But you know, I I think she's doing it right. I also think to some extent that again these are these are not actors who have necessarily reached their apex, and obviously Lupita has an Oscar, but like I also think of someone like Brian Tyree Henry who is yeah. just. He he's such oh. a reliable actor where he will pop up in mm-hmm. that awful Joker movie, but then he'll be in way more interesting <laughs> indies and he'll be on stage yeah. and he's and he's in Atlanta and he's he's just like that actor who I think so many people are rooting for. And he's not on social media all the time. I don't really know anything mm-hmm. about his personal life. And that's exactly how I like it. Like, I just want to go it like go and watch your things, watch it on TV, go to the movies and just be able to just not have to project all of these other ideas that I might have about you outside of that realm. So those would be maybe my votes for now. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but How about you, Brie? You know I love Kiki Palmer. (laughs) You know that's my girl. You know Kiki Palmer is my girl. To your point about like a social presence, he's really actually good at doing the thing of making us feel like we're with her. 
but without actually revealing or sharing too much about her actual life. And she, I mean, she has charisma, like coming out the wazoo. I mean, watching, it was a joy to see her entire press run for Nope. (laughs) I think the other thing I think about Kiki Palmer too, that's interesting about her in this moment, she has singing, acting, dancing talent. She, that's Angela Bass's daughter, like her spiritual daughter. You know what I'm saying? That is like, she has the chops. What's so exciting about her is that Kiki has the potential to get to a place that Hallie couldn't quite get to mm-hmm. with regard to, you know, being able to get these big name films that Whitney Houston actually, I think, was kind of able to get to based off of, honestly, pretty decent acting chops, good taste in projects, charisma, but also being one of the biggest yeah. singers of fucking all time. <laughs> being huge. She had a certain level of star power that allowed her to access into those spaces. But like someone like an Angela Bassett, who to me also is one of the greatest actresses to ever live, one of the mm-hmm. greatest actors, period, to ever live. I think Kiki has so many aspects of all of them, even a Queen Latifah. Mm. She has so many aspects of all of their stardom. I think she has the potential to get somewhere that none of them were able to quite get to. I think it's her charisma, but also there's like a real like glint in her eye and like I think a, a spark of promise that we all see. I think if we're adding to this class, I, there's there's two folks who I would definitely have to call out. One, John Boyega. Oh, yes. I just yes. love. Like one, he's somebody who who is fairly active on social media. He like he gets it, you know what I'm saying? Like he know he makes yeah. he makes good jokes, he makes good memes. He also knows how to go off on somebody oh. on social media. He's mm. like he will let mm. you fucking have it. He's like, look, I don't give a fuck if I'm in Star Wars. <laughs> He's like, you're not about to come at me wrong. <laughs> like this shit is out of pocket. Yes. I think some of that stems from his politics. In that, like, mm. I appreciated that Star Wars wasn't so important. You know what I'm saying? That like everything about it was okay, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, I feel Mm. like sometimes, you know, you see this a lot even with Marvel in the MCU. They make a change and then, like, you know, fandom reacts uh, and it's often not great. And Mm. then it's like, you know, there's this, like, silence and wondering, is anybody going to say anything or, like, what is kind of going to happen? And John Boyega is like, he's like, I don't care if it's going to fuck up my money. This is not okay. I'm not privy to that. And also just, like, even on red carpets and things, he just like, he's literate. It's it's very, I, I don't mean that just like he can read. I mean like he understands the world, <laughs> how it works. Yeah. And he's like, he's not one to like let himself be manipulated by that. Absolutely. But still feels fun. Yes, like, yes. Like his, mm, him and the Woman King, mm. like my goodness, he, he was giving so much charisma, giving so much just like star power there. And he, he even, he didn't just call out the people, the random Twitter trolls. He also called out Disney for sidelining mm. his character in mm. the other movies. Yep. Like, and he, mm-hmm. as a result yes, of that. Uh, so yeah. the fact that he was like, I don't care. I'm going to say this. And maybe I never work for Disney again, but that's fine. I can't see Will Smith. He, Will Smith would not have done that 20, 30 years he would ago. Not have done it. Would no. never happened. Yeah. Would never no. happened. It's he a- wouldn't have done it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other person is Janelle Monet. I think Janelle Monet mm. has a one a great relationship to social media. I appreciate the random pop up of oh you know how to party, <laughs> but also mm. like you know you hit your press <laughs> junk, you hit all the things. Like the lifestyle just looks like you know I'm a celebrity. I'm having fun. I might go to this party. I'm dancing with you know Tessa Thompson. 
Is anything else happening? <laughs> we don't know. We never gonna find out. We don't know. I but, believe. I, don't, I know. But we got enough. And in addition to all that, Janelle Monae has all the chops. Can sing. Can sing. You know what I'm saying? Can also can also act. I actually really appreciated Homecoming. I oh, thought she's like so good in that. I thought, yeah. It's kind of like a it's right. a weird show and it's a weird season. But like what they did with it worked. And so, like, I'm just excited to see what else is coming from Janelle Monet, whether it's music, movies, whatever. You know, Hidden Figures is a little weird oh, for me, see, but just because of the composite of it all. I, I, I will <laughs> forgive her for Antebellum, which was like <sighs> that movie. Oh, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm not. I don't check acknowledge that. Yeah, don't, everybody needs to, everybody needs to check it. every now and yeah, again. Yeah, you know, I get it. Hey, I get it. I've, I've done some freelance gigs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've, all, we've all had those moments. <laughs> so, we got to bring this to a close. And, you know, there's there's one last question I think I have. If you could give one piece of advice to black celebrities out there nowadays in terms of how they manage their celebrity, what would it be? I think it's something that we've touched on throughout this conversation, which is keep your personal life personal as much as mm. possible. Mm. Um, especially for the younger celebrities who are kind of coming up like, I don't need to see thirst trap pics of you and your girl or your guy or whoever, like grab it on your booty, all that. Like, I don't need to see those photos. Like, <laughs> keep that. You got Keep it. that. Keep that. Keep the mystery. <laughs> I don't, I don't need you to you know, announce that you broke up. Like, you know, I, I, I don't need that. So keep it, keep it personal. And Focus on the craft. If we're talking about actors specifically, or even any kind of artist who's not just a celebrity to be a celebrity, like focus on your craft, figure out how, if you do have to play the social media game, that can only enhance your craft or at least enhance the reception of your craft instead of hindering it and making everyone hate you or you become the <laughs> the internet villain of the day <laughs> or the week. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, what about you? Do you have any advice? Um, yes. I think mine is... We got to start participating in journalistic features again. Yes. Because I think like, so hear me out, celebrities, because I understand in the past that didn't always go well for you. I get it. I hear you. But it, one, creates more of that intrigue and it just gives a perception about celebrities as real people in a real Mm. world. Mm. And I think like the thing that is so kind of strange now is like I, I read a lot of features or the ones that, you know, that do come out and it's like the celebrity doesn't realize that like they're in the world with everybody else a de- to a degree, if that makes any sense. There's just so, <laughs> so used to never being poked out of their orbit. You know, it's just like, mm. this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. You love it, right? You love it, right? Anybody else? Hater. And like, there needs yeah. to be a bit of balance. We all live in a world where, yes, you, as a celebrity, you can be ridiculous. And we, we, you know, at times love you for that. But also, like, there's limits. And good feature writers know those limits when it comes to the craft, but also the, like, you know, the celebrity gossip in the mess. So just, like, it's better for you. Come back to the feature, mm-hmm. you know, like just shoot an email mm. to Soraya. Hell, <laughs> you know, DM me. I'll send you her Please. email address. But just like Please. it's it's good for you. I miss that. Yes. I will read I that don't. over watching your TikTok any day. Somebody I've been thinking about a lot is Idris Elba. Idris Elba's not like a huge mm-hmm. movie star in in like the real, like, you know, in the purest sense. Mm-hmm. But 
He has so much charm, charisma. He's a good actor, and he he's so completely unself serious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that I think <laughs> yet, yet like fine in a way that's hell. so enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, and, and fine, like one of the finest men to ever live. One thing I uh, I was talking to my husband about the other day. I think the thing that has sustained Idris Elba throughout these sort of lulls, I think, in high profile in between high profile projects and things like that, is the fact that he engages black female audiences very directly mm-hmm. in a way that feels good and makes us feel acknowledged. I think that's why Denzel has been as po- I think I think Denzel that's something he understands. I think that's something that John Boyega understands oh, that on a very deep absolutely, level. Absolutely, absolutely. I I would say I really need y'all to get in some romantic comedies like but I know that's not fully in your control but like can you please but I think that um engaging black female audiences Black women fans, like in a very direct way, is probably going to be the key to your longevity. Yes. So that's what I would say. <laughs> Engage your Black women audiences. I mean, and some of y'all kiss somebody, take off your shirt. Like, okay. Be a romantic comedy. Give me something. To your point, Brittany, that was actually going to be my piece of advice for Will Smith is do another <gasps> freaking romantic comedy. Hitch. Yeah. I, Hitch I, I fucking love Hitch. Hitch and, and you know what? Do it with Jada. <laughs> Do ah. do do that romantic comedy with Jada. I think it'll be good. It'll charm. We saw we saw them in Ali together. They I they steamed. They steamed. Right. She was in that for like a hot That's second. Right. And I will watch that. Yes, Brittany. When you're his manager, tell him that from me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, trust. I mean, my mind is already thinking. I'm like, you know what would be a good romantic comedy is a movie. About a couple that's make that a Hollywood couple that's on the rocks that decides to make a romantic comedy together. Yes, mm. okay, what's, yes. like Will Smith? Like, call me. I'm <laughs> thinking. Like, I'm on another level. Like, I'm in a different generation. I can help you get where you're trying to go. But on that note, seriously, Aisha, this has been such a fun conversation, and I seriously think you're one of the only people we can have it with. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. So thank I've been you. such a huge fan of this show and the nod, so it is an honor to have to have been here. Thank you. For Colored Nerds was created by me, Eric Eddings, and Brittany Luce. It's supported by a production team at Stitcher, including producer Alexis Williams, story editor Gianna Palmer, social producer Elise Ellis, and engineer Marcus Hom. Our theme music is by Willie Green. And look, y'all, we love hearing from you so, so much. So please shout us out on Instagram at For Colored Nerds, on Twitter at For Colored Nerds. You can find us everywhere at For Colored Nerds. And tell your friends, too. We love it also when we're like, yo, my homie, cousin, best friend told me to listen to this episode and it was bomb. And then I subscribed. That's like my favorite song. So please do your do your friend, do your community a favor and share an episode and tell us which one it was. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.